Sometimes it can seem as a city council we send out mixed messages. We talk about savings and austerity, but then on the other hand we announce major investment projects or cultural events. Does it really add up? Today we're going to try and untangle some of the complexities around this topic. We're going to talk to the City Council's Finance Director, Mel Crichton, Liverpool University lecturer and political commentator, Stuart Wilkes-Haig, and Liam Thorpe, who is the political editor at the Liverpool Echo. Thank you all very much for joining us today. We're here to talk about the subject of budget and the pressures on Liverpool. Um, Mel, we'll start with you if that's okay. You joined the council in January. Um, you have been in control of budgets for much longer though, more than 10 years. Can you give us a sense of what Liverpool's situation is at the moment financially? Uh, yeah, we've got £57 million to find in the next 12 months. Uh, some of that is uh, new savings, £25 million worth of new savings. Some are existing savings from this financial year, uh, about £20 million that uh, we've yet to achieve. And if we don't achieve them in this year, then we'll need to deal with them in next year. Bringing the total up to 57 million, we've got unprecedented levels of demand. Our looked after children have gone up by 50%. Uh, we started with 900 and we're now up at 1400. Uh, so we've got unprecedented levels of demand. We've got a relatively low council tax base as well. Uh, a lot of our properties are terraced housing in band A and B, which is the lowest banded properties. So we've got uh, a big task ahead of us in closing that £57 million gap. Our reserves are low. We've already taken... Uh, we've dropped 26%, I think, on reserves in the past three years. So we've got no reserves to fall back on. Uh, that are free and we... What does that mean, they're free? Uh, that means that the reserves we've got are either set aside to pay for something else or they are, we risk assess reserves depending on the economy, depending on what we think the funding settlement's going to look like, also what the levels of demand are. Uh, so we've done that assessment and 16 million is probably the lowest we can go and that is where we're at currently. And how long would that last, 16 million? Uh, it would, in terms of general spend, we'd about two weeks is what we'd be able to run off. We spend 1.3 billion a year, just to put it into context. Has Liverpool been hit harder than other cities? Uh, it has, because uh, we, because of that council tax base, a lot of the new government's funding is around about is around increasing income from council tax, so the adult social care precept that uh, we've been able to put on council tax bills of two percent. Uh, if your council tax base is lower, then that means you raise less money than other people. So, for example, the one percent increase in Liverpool's one point seven five million. If you used to increase council tax in Surrey that would equate to £7.28 million. Liam, you're political editor at the Liverpool Echo, so I imagine you write a lot of stories about this subject. Do you think your readers grasp what austerity means and maybe what's coming down the line? So I think a lot of them do. Um, I think a lot of them mainly understand it because they're facing it every day uh, and they cannot 
escape it really um, I think the there's a sort of perfect storm being created at the moment through the things that Mel talked about and other issues such as benefit reform, universal credit um, and what we're seeing now is a, a coming together of these various factors after 10 years of, of brutal austerity to create a situation that as Mel says is unprecedented and is making is pushing families into poverty food banks are just a normal thing now it's just it's the most depressing thing to see the amount of stories we do about where people say and you say do you use food banks and they say oh, of course we do that's that's our basically our weekly shop now which is you know five ten years ago you'd never ever would have ever expected i think on so i think on certainly those people understand it i think there's a lot of people who are quite passionate politically about what's going on the problem is that the government's very clever in my opinion in in sort of pushing the accountability onto local councils so just today seeing comments on a, on a story we've done about about austerity and about everything that the council's up against you see a lot of people saying oh well they're putting my council tax up again that's the council's fault well it's not because as Mel's explained the government has certainly when it comes to dealing with pressures like social care rather than funding the system properly they have quite cleverly said go back to the councils you can now raise more money by council tax so you are in charge of and it's it's a Liverpool City Council headed paper that comes through your door so you see your your money going up your your you know what little remaining money you've got going out to the council and you blame them and I think I've for, for a long time I don't know if you agree with me this Stuart but for a long time I found devolution in general a bit of a myth and I found it a bit of a vehicle for for further cuts, but with the ability to blame, usually, um, without getting too political, it's usually a Labour head of a of a conurbation or a city who is then going to have to implement those cuts and be the face of them. So I think the council and, and Joe Anderson get a lot of unfair blame, actually, for implementing cuts that they really have no choice about. So, I mean, to come and to respond to some of the things that Liam said there, I'm, I'm absolutely right. We have seen this agenda of devolution of decentralization which has been you know very very powerful local government finance in fact i mean it's no exaggeration to say that local government finance has been revolutionized over the last decade and that's had really profound effects and i think some of that's gone got under the radar um, and what's happened is alongside this attempt to pass if you like autonomy back to local councils to get local councils to generate more of the tax revenues themselves which which is something we needed to do in this country because it was such a centralized system before um, that's come alongside austerity and in local government it's kind of austerity on steroids because there's you know those cuts that we've seen they've been you know in some some departments like health and education they've been quite protective health spending has gone up a little bit over the last decade um, the Department for uh, Communities and Local Government, where the funds, a lot of the funds for, for local councils come from, they've seen a budget cut of 60% uh, over a decade. So that's been passed down to, to, to local councils in, in forms of reduced grants and so on, at the same time as giving local councils more responsibility, saying, you know, generate the revenues yourselves. And I have to say, you know, Liverpool has done everything I think it possibly could. Yeah. Um, so the government's agenda is to shift it away from um, big grants based on social need, and Liverpool is very dependent on those for obvious reasons, high levels of deprivation and so on. Uh, the government's agenda is to shift the funding so that you get a payback locally from economic development, increasing your housing stock, increasing the number of local businesses. 
Liverpool has been doing all these things, you know, business business numbers are up, employment's up, the population's up, the number of households is up, and the number of households paying council tax is up, and it's still nowhere near enough. Um, so it's been doing what the government's saying councils should do. It's been, you know, cutting where it can. It's been, you know, finding all kinds of creative solutions. You know, Somehow, but there's still no, you know, there's still no way forward. Libraries, things like that. I, I, I think it's actually fairly remarkable that, that, that no, really, no libraries are effective closed. I think some have transferred to community ownership, but to get to that stage, to get to where we are now, you know, 436 million, I think it is, since 2010, and to have not closed libraries and you know, too many short start centres and things like that. And I think the council deserves a lot of credit for how sort of clever it's been with deleting posts and, and getting rid of you know, certain services that weren't quite required and, and shifting things around. But as with all of these things, you reach a precipice, don't you? And, and that feels like that cliff edge is sort of where we're at now. You're right on the £436 million and the 57 is on top of that. Uh, we've also managed to generate an extra £22 million in business rates. Uh, one of the positives is that we've been able to retain virtually all our business rates. So if we do grow it, at the moment we retain it. Going forward, we don't know what that, that landscape will look like. And we might not get to retain 100%. We might only be able to carry on with 75%, which just brings in more uncertainty when you're trying to plan. Hence why next year we're only doing a one-year budget rather than a three-year, because we, we just don't know what the landscape looks like which is very difficult for both officers and members then to be able to plan longer term and make sustainable savings and start to bring investor earn and investor saving that that can impact going forward. It, it, it makes you focus on the short term rather than that longer term growing of the council tax base, growing business rates and wholesale system change. Is it harder to make you know, to, to, to recognise or to, to see the benefits of a, a longer term investment, you know, say something like the airport or something like um, Finch Farm or whatever, it's hard to say you were making that investment now, but you can only produce a one year budget. You just have to kind of forget about that and, and see how that works further down the line. Uh, yes, you do uh, to some extent because uh, you, can't, you can't hit strategically on any uh, earmark reserves or any general provisions that you've got, you can't strategically take any money out of them to be able to put something back going forward because you just don't know what it's going to bring. And they, the, the remarkable thing is that the you know, the spending review has just been pushed further and further away and I remember chatting to the chief exec saying we can't plan for anything. We don't even know if what the sort of indices is going to be about how, how our sort of funding is, is formulated and whether in fact there was rumours that they were going to take out deprivation as one of the indices which would be absolutely devastating for Liverpool wouldn't it? It would absolutely I mean I, there was one thing I did want to come back on though the, I mean I don't think this is entirely something 
where Labour-run councils are, are struggling. So there are plenty of Conservative-run yeah. councils. Northampton. Who, uh, and yeah. Northamptonshire County Council yeah. effectively went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, I think technically uh, <laughs> they issued a Section 114 notice under the 1988 Local Government Finance Act. Oh, um, but anyway, um, <laughs> but um, without going into any details, um, they ended up having to reorganise and merge with surrounding councils in order to stay viable, whether they will in the long term, who knows. There's a whole list of other councils who are potentially facing a similar situation and you know they're as likely to be conservative run as they are Labour run. So this this is difficult for the government and they Isn't can't just point their finger at Labour run authorities. It's not more likely to be you know the, the metropolitan city councils which are tr- traditionally uh, la- Labour run or is it would you say so, so the biggest cuts have been in places which tend to be Labour run because they tend to be big cities, metropolitan areas, London boroughs and so on. Um, but the councils that are struggling the most are those where the social care bill has risen and risen and risen because of the responsibilities under social care, because of the ageing of the population. So we've got a number of councils now where three quarters nearly of their spending is just going on adult social care and that bill is just going to rise and rise and rise and even with the ability to precept on council tax and add to the funds it's not enough. So you know there are plenty of county councils run by the Conservatives who are really struggling under the burden of the, the social care payments. Liam, do you think we send out mixed messages to residents and your readers by investing in major highway upgrades, having these huge cultural events? So we say in pleading poverty maybe on one hand and then rolling out giants on another. <laughs> well, again, I mean, these are, these are optics that we can't really... Can't really do anything about and people will always be people and people will always be cynical and certainly people on social media will be cynical and yeah again just again today I was just having a look at some of the comments to our story about austerity today and there was a lot of comments about well how come they can pay for this and how come they can pay for you know these salaries and, and things like that you know I'm very tempted to to sort of dive back in uh, and say well you know the chief executive being paid you know whatever it may be 200,000 pounds a year is is not going to that, that figure is a drop in the ocean compared to this 57 million that, that Mel's talking about and actually that is to try and get the best the best person uh, for the job whether you agree that whether you think that's uh, an appropriate salary or not it's it's not particularly relevant in the scale of what we're talking about in terms of the cut I think you know uh, Joe has talked about his investor earn strategy for a long time and I, I think personally I don't really think he's had any choice I remember when I first started at the Echo and uh, it was quite early on, and he said that they'd sold the municipal buildings, and he was going to give half of it, which was effectively five million, to to fill potholes. And I was just, I was just staggered, and I was just like, what on earth is going on? And he said, I've got nothing else. We've got nothing else to to, to fix the roads. And we've got a backlog of something like four hundred thousand pothole repair jobs. So he's just going to, it's literally just taking that and dumping it in there. Five million quid. There you go. So. I think I think sometimes it's it's hard for people to see because they can't see. So something like that was quite good because you could actually see there's the money and there's what it's going to go towards. You know, if you see local council invested in uh, the airport or buying a shopping centre or something like that, you're not immediately going to see those results. So I think it is difficult for people to see that. But I, I can't currently think of a better of another strategy for trying to avoid. But you know, for councils are having to be run like businesses now. There's 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 no two ways about it. They have to operate like businesses. They have to make their own money, and that's what I think they're trying to do. 
I think one of the big challenges with local government finance that we've always had is most people, they don't really know what a council does. There's a lot of people think, oh, they empty the bins and after that they're struggling. And the other thing is that council tax, even though it doesn't pay for that much local government spending, it's paying for more over time, but it's it's not a big part of the tax take in this country. Council tax is really visible. People are really aware of how much council tax they're paying. Mm -hmm. So people say, you know, here's my council tax bill, that looks like a lot of money. What's the council doing? Oh, they're only collecting the bins and now it's only every two weeks. Um, so, So I can see why people see there's a mismatch, but... You know, I think Liverpool has been very effective, actually, in communicating to people just the full range of things that a city council does. And I remember a few years ago, there was this kind of web tool where you could try and set the budget yourself. I don't know if it's still running. And you had to try and make cuts and you have to decide, you know, where you're going to cut to balance the budget. You know, and I thought, well, you know, I know about this stuff. I can make this work, surely. And I was sat there for hours and still couldn't balance yeah. the budget. So, you know, those communications have been effective. And the, the, the nature of the task is just is unbelievably I think social care is what sorry to interrupt. Social care is, a, is an issue as well, because I think unless you are directly affected by it, you don't see it going on. Yeah. You know, um, I certainly when I'm when I'm if I get my council tax bill, I instantly think, as Stuart says, about bins. I think about roads. I think about th- those kind of practicalities. And if your bins haven't been collected, you know, it's a natural thing to be like, what am I paying for? Well, actually, paying for thousands of, of vulnerable people to be looked after because it's a statutory service that you just don't think about. It kind of happens underground in the shadows from most people's normal lives. And that, as I think Mel has said is where the, the biggest fear is and the biggest cliff edge is, is in, in social services and what could happen there next, I think. One final question then. Where do you see the City Council in five years' time? Difficult to say uh, right now. I think uh, we're at the start of that journey in looking for uh, savings, invest-to-earn, invest-to-save type schemes. So once we've gone through that process in January, we'll be going out to consult with the public, uh, and we will be doing. We are going to try and uh, replicate the sliders with the exercise. And interestingly, the majority of people who started that exercise didn't complete it. Uh, so we will be going out to consult on what the savings proposals and the other schemes are that we're looking to do. So I'll be able to answer that a little bit better in January. Uh, But even then, until we get the next spending review off the government, it's very difficult to answer. Because not only do I not know what percentage of total government funding will come to uh, local authorities, I don't know how that will be distributed because all of that is up in the air and being changed. I mean, it's so hard to say where we'll be in five years' time, uh, and you can see a horror scenario, you, you really can. So we've relied on local councils for decades in this country to deliver public services. They've been absolutely essential to the growth of the welfare state and the delivery of public services more generally. We don't know what's going to happen with Brexit. I, you know, I hesitate to say the word, but it does. But you know, you know, the, the, the nature of the terms on which we leave the EU does have uh, significant implications. Meanwhile, we've got a government currently committed to reversing austerity and talking about a spending bonanza in health and levelling up school funding and more funding for police. Well, none of that's going to local government, none of it. Um, so it, we could be talking about a scenario in five years' time local government looks nothing like what we've got now even and will certainly be, you know, bear no resemblance at all to local government 10, 15 years ago. 
who knows? Or we might have a government that comes in and decides to rebuild local government from the ground up, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to answer without being overtly political, but even if you just look at, at what's in the current sort of pledges, the Labour Party are always talking about public services. They, they think it's a, a huge factor and a really important thing. So if they were to, if they were to come into power, you'd, you'd have to believe that one of the first things they would do would be start to redress what has been a completely unfair um, beating that local government department has taken with a stick. So that's one thing. As Stuart says, amongst all the... That the what I call pre-election announcements from from the Tories and Boris Johnson, there seems to be nothing for local local councils, which is a real worry. I think we're going to get to the stage if that continues, where it, even the statutory services are not to be relied on anymore. You know, you are you could technically be breaking the law because you physically can't carry out these services. And also, I think what we're going to see more and more is people, members of the community, just taking action themselves. I was with a group of people in, in Wavertree who are, um, who just go out every day and pick up litter every single day and do that because they're proud of their area um, and there just isn't the funding for the council to do it. So we're going to see a lot more of that, perhaps the big society that never actually really happened. This this will be it. And you certainly know that in Liverpool that they, they will have the sort of attitude there to, to pick up the slack. But I think it's, it's a terrifying situation. And as Stuart says, I think local councils... Are, are on the cliff edge of, of sort of changing into something that we don't really recognise. On that rather stark note, we will leave it there. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for listening to this budget special. Make sure you don't miss an episode of the Merseyways podcast by subscribing and why not leave us a review? If you want to get in touch or have any ideas for future topics, email us hello at merseywaves.co.uk.